I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship pod on twitter i'm louis shackshaft football writer blogger and again hosting for you today hi i'm jake you can get me on twitter at jake jack with two ends and i write for epl index great to have you with us today jake obviously we're recording a day uh, later than normal uh, but obviously we've got a full fixture list to talk us through going back to friday if you don't mind we're going to do results roundup if you want to take us through all the results uh from Friday, Saturday, and Monday's fixtures, if you don't mind, that would be great. Yeah, so starting off Friday night, we had uh, a big game at Ellen Rose. Leeds running out 4-0 winners against West Brom. Uh, Saturday, uh, Norwich won 3-1 away to Millwall. Preston drew one all against Bristol City. Rotherham beat Blackburn 3-2 in what was an entertaining game. Uh, Stoke won 2-0 against Nottingham Forest. Swansea beat Bolton 2-0 in a game that Bolton had two men sent off. Wigan drew 0-0 to Middlesbrough. Brentford won 3-0 against QPR. Hull won 2-0 against Birmingham. Ipswich lost 2-1 against Reading with a late winner for the Vistas in that one. And then Aston Villa won 4-0 convincingly at home against Derby. And then last night, of course, it was a Sheffield Derby which finished 0-0. Yeah, thank you for that, Jake. Obviously, some great fixtures as usual, uh, but we're going to talk about big wins and surprises. So what takes your fancy from those fixtures you've just reeled off, mate? Is there anything in particular what stands out as the biggest win for you? Yeah, I th- well, I think, to start off with, I think the biggest win has got to be Rotherham beating Blackburn 3-2. I think I, that was huge. Yeah, I agree. I agree, yeah. You know, they've they've been drawing a lot of games recently, but, you know, it's important they got a win. Didn't move out of the bottom three, but they pulled Millwall back in, kept pace with Reading, and I think it would have been quite a disappointing one for them if Reading would have won and moved away from them somewhat. So, yeah, that was a, a huge one. They're, they're quite a few games unbeaten now, Rotherham. Um, but, yeah, it's big to get that win on the board. Uh, the other one that sticks out is obviously the uh, Leeds game, when it's yeah. 4-0 against a rival at the top of the table was, was excellent. And, you know, we've had a lot of doubts about Leeds and whether they'll be able to maintain it, but that was a huge win for them at home. Um, and then the only other one is Aston Villa winning 4-0, practically because they haven't won in, in months, apart from against Ipswich, and, and they absolutely blew Derby away. But I think it says more about Derby than it does about Aston Villa. Yeah, do you think that was the biggest surprise, actually, 4-0 to Villa? Because, like you say, they've not won in a while. And then, you know, Derby are certainly, well, they're above them in the league, sat seven. So is that probably the biggest shock of the weekend, do you think? Yeah, I think it was a shock, but I think it's a shock because of how poor Derby were. Because we, I think we all know that, mm. that Villa have got that in them, but it, it, they were, it was made very easy for them. And if you're going to give them that sort of space and time on the ball in the final third, they're going to do damage and, and they did that and you know six points off the playoffs now it's, it's not totally off it's not totally out of the uh 
out of the picture for uh, Aston Villa to get into those top six. No, you're right. I completely agree with the games you've mentioned. Obviously, a huge win for Leeds, quite convincingly, 4-0 there, Bamford with a brace. I agree. I've already said that for me, the biggest win in terms of, you know, what it means to the club at this stage of the season has to be Rotherham and Ajayi popping up with a couple of headers there. But I'm also um, I'm also going to mention uh, Reading's victory, actually, at Ipswich. I know, obviously, Ipswich are at the foot of the table, uh, struggling a little bit. Uh, but Reading, obviously, getting that last-minute winner through Barrow, um, huge win for them, obviously, keeping them in line with Rotherham. And like you've already mentioned, bringing such as Millwall and Wigan into the fold. And, you know, it's going to be a very, very interesting remaining, you know, 12, 11 games at the bottom half of the league because that spot 22nd in the league, I, I'm, I still think it will be Rotherham what goes down. But yeah, there's there's four potential teams what could finish there now. So uh, yeah, Reading's win, like I said, through Barrow was, was a huge win in the end for them. And again, Ipswich for me, I always keep saying it, but I don't think they've got a kind hell's chance that they're going to... Uh, remain in this league um, from next season. So is there any particular players, Jake, that stood out for you this week? Um, any any you've written down or any that spring to mind from the games that we've discussed? Yeah, I've got a couple of obvious ones. I think uh, Jack Grealish came in and had a very good game on his return. Uh, I think we, we've spoken about him and how he hasn't you know, delivered as much as we expected this year. But he came back in and did well and scored an absolutely wonderful goal on Saturday. So he's gonna help, he's gonna give him a little confidence going into that running. Uh, yeah. Jorge as well in that game was very good. Um, the Leeds game, Bamford getting a couple of goals. He's you know very good in this division. He has been for a long time. Never really made the step up, but he he looks like he's back to form and and showing his best uh, for Leeds. And the only other one I've got written down is. Perhaps not the one that you might go for from this game because he didn't score the goals, but I think he had a huge influence on the result. And that was Will Volks for uh, Rotherham. I thought he was very good, got two assists. uh, And looks like a player that that belongs in this division, even if Rotherham do go down. I think he's going to be one that stays in. He's got five goals, six assists this season, wins a lot of balls in the air, uh, gets shots in on goal. He seems to be an all-action midfielder, and I think there will be interest in him if Rotherham go down. But if they are to stay up, he's going to have a massive impact on that. Yeah, definitely. He has uh, he has been a, a decent player this season, and, and you've named a couple of players off my list. Um, but I'm also going to mention Jared Bowen. Obviously, he scored a penalty. He, he managed to get a brace, actually. He was pretty much the difference uh, for Hull City in that game. And he's a player that we've discussed in the past where he'll probably most likely move on in the summer with a lot of play, you know, a lot of teams lurking around him and, you know, at the right price, he, he may move on. I thought Tyler Roberts had a really good game, actually, for Leeds against West Brom. He didn't manage to get on the score sheet, but he was very influential and managed to get a couple of couple of assists. And then the same for um, in, in the in the 4-0 defeat of Derby County, I thought Aston Villa's Jack Grealish was just outstanding um he's, he's he's had a bit of an off patch and we all know the quality that he does possess uh but yeah on saturday it was unbelievable and and if you've not seen his goal then obviously you need to check that out because that well was goal of the weekend for me and yeah he definitely put in a sublime performance and 
credit to him because he was one of the reasons Villa got such a com- convincing win, which was a bit of a shock, like we say, over Derby County. Uh, but coming off, obviously, the Steel City Derby, which finished nil-nil between Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United, Jake. Uh, and upcoming, actually, we've got the Birmingham versus Villa um, fixture on Sunday, which we're going to do in preview and predictions later. So at this point, I'd just like to ask you now, we're going into the topics, what is the biggest or best rival derby in the championship for you? Uh, so what I'm going to do is reel off the teams uh, or the fixtures, if you like, from this season and, and tell me your thoughts on that. So there's obviously the Norwich versus Ipswich Derby. There's QPR versus Brentford, which was recently played also. Uh, Derby against Nottingham Forest. And then obviously there's all the teams in Birmingham, which is Birmingham against Villa, uh, Villa against West Brom, and then Birmingham against uh, West Brom also. And then obviously the game from Monday night is uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United. So is there any in particular what you think's the biggest or best rivalry from that list? I think you, the the Nottingham Forest the Derby one jumps out purely because you know the Brian Clough, um, yeah, the, the period when he was in charge uh, and obviously what he did at, at both clubs it's it's obviously one that jumps out for to, to me. Um, but but if you had to if I you know as a neutral if you had to ask me which one I'd want to sit down and watch this season, uh, it's the one coming up and that's Birmingham Aston Villa. I think that's yeah. the one that's always the most entertaining for me. There's always goals in that one. I don't think I can really remember game where they haven't at least ones that I've watched that the ones that I've watched have always been good um and I think there is just this genuine passion in, in those in those games um the Ipswich Norwich one's a bit weird I think the the, the fans are a bit too friendly it doesn't really strike me as a, a huge rivalry really uh compared to the other ones in England um it's, but yeah it's a bit of a weird one I've never really got that one uh Brentford QPR as well it's not really a massive derby mm. is it I don't think no. um yeah, for me, it's got to be the 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 steel the steel city derby, Aston Villa, Birmingham. Um, the game last night, if we're going to talk about that a little bit, I thought it was a bit of a bit of a poor game to be honest. I think I sat watched the first sixty minutes and I got a bit yeah a bit bored. It was it wasn't really a great game at all. I was expected a lot, and the fact there wasn't even a single booking. I know that there were opportunities <laughs> for it. The ref was perhaps yeah. a little bit a little bit kind with those, but it, it has just. A Bit of a bit of a drab game uh, for a Monday night. It's built up to it's going to be the, you know, the headline game of this this round of fixtures. And it was just a bit boring. Yeah, it was um, not expecting a nil nil. It was a game where I said that this game, if any, would would not be a, a nil nil draw. And you know, obviously Sheffield United needing the win at this stage probably more than Wednesday due to automatic promotion. But at the same time, if Wednesday added a one, then there'd have only been four points off the playoffs. So. Yes, it was. They, they basically cancelled each other out. Um, obviously, I know Wednesday had that opportunity for Hutchinson where he probably should have buried. But in, in, in you know, a, a draw was a fair result in the end. And you know, but both defences did really well on the night. But in terms of obviously the rivalry, um, I'm a bit with I'm, I'm with you on obviously the, the Norwich versus Ipswich, for example, and the, even the Derby versus Forest to an extent. I I believe that a rivalry is more so when it's a, a team from the same city which obviously Norwich and Ipswich aren't you've got Norwich City and, and Ipswich which are, are, 
obviously a town. Uh, Derby and Forest, I know it's a great rivalry, but they're not even in the same county, which <laughs> which is kind of confusing. So for me, based on that, you look at this, you know, are they in the same city? Are they, you know, what's the fan base, the size of the fan base and the size of the club? So for me, obviously, personally, that the Steel City Derby is huge, but that's because I encounter it more often living near Sheffield and, and, and I'm a Wednesday fan. So it's, it's huge to me. But like you said, for me, Birmingham versus Villa is huge as well. Obviously, coming from the same city, um, both clubs with with huge fan bases and and you have to look at such as either Sheffield Wednesday or United or or Birmingham and Villa or even West Brom and even the likes of Derby Forest and Norwich like all them teams technically you know they've they've had great seasons in the past in the Premier League and you know a handful of those teams should be in the Premier League really um I know it's for whatever reason they're not and they've been over, been overtaken for teams like your Bournemouths and your Burnleys and your Huddersfields and your Fulhams at present. But I certainly expect a couple of those teams to go back into the Premier League. But yeah, the, the fan bases at some of these clubs are absolutely massive. Like like we've talked about all, the, you know, most games, Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday are, are touching 25, 30,000 for home games, same as Birmingham Villa and, and Norwich also. But yeah, the, the QPR Brentford one in London's obviously not huge um, in terms of they don't have massive fan bases. The, you can also consider the size of the grounds as well, which obviously QPR and Brentford don't have at present. I know Brentford are moving away from Griffin Park. Um, but all the other teams generally have, you know, thirty to 45,000-seater stadiums, which obviously adds to the atmosphere and, and, and then the drama on the day. So, yeah, if I were going to pick the biggest and best rivalry. I'm going to probably be biased and say, obviously, the Steel City Derby's one, but the other one for me would be Birmingham against Villa. Do you, do you agree with both of them, like like you said, or do you think there's any other in contention? Yeah, I think those two for me. Uh, I think earlier I called the Steel City Derby. I think I was referred to the, the, the Villa at Birmingham, which, of course, is the second City Derby. It's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long I, day. I, I thought I'd correct exactly myself. I, I knew I, I thought I'd correct myself before somebody else did. Um, but yeah, I think those two are for me. They're the big ones. Uh, I'm really excited for the, the Villa Birmingham game purely because I know we're going to get onto this a, a little bit in the topics. But mm. you know, the winner of that one got a really good chance of get getting into those playoffs. I think. I think, yeah. I, I think that game. If there is a winner, I'm going to start to favour that team for the playoffs. Um, so yeah, it's really, gonna, it's okay. going to be very interesting to see how that one goes on uh, at the weekend. Yeah, it will be because um, there's at the minute, as we know, there's. You look at seventh, which is Derby, right down to even Swansea at a push you're in 14th. And all, all these teams have got, you know, an opportunity to, dare I say it, finish sixth. Yes, it's going to be hard. Goal difference is going to obviously play a part. And, you know, some of these teams are going to have to win 80, 90% of the remaining games to, to obviously get in there. But Derby, uh, apologies, not Derby, Bristol City are slipping up at the minute. They've not, they've not won in three games after obviously winning three games in a row. So they are, you know, not holding the fortress as such, are they? And the thing with Bristol City is, as we know, they do go on these runs 
and, and you know, with the good times come the bad. And this yeah, we said that before, it's, didn't it's we? Been, yeah. yeah, we said it when the run was going on and, and things have turned. Slightly surprised they, they did manage to get back against Preston. I thought when Preston took the lead, they'd be able to mm. see that one out. They're normally quite good at home. So, and if, if that would have stayed one nil to Preston, that would have been huge at the top of the table. Um, but yeah, it's good. I think it was important Bristol City got that equaliser uh, and, and they can hopefully get back to winning ways with two home games coming up. But if you look at those two home games, you know, Leeds at the weekend, give, off the back of their win, um, that looks difficult. And, and Ipswich, you know, following that up, it looks like a straightforward one. But if they lose that, lose that Leeds game, it might not be in that sixth position. So. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mm, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting one, and that's going to be in our previews and predictions later on. So I'm going to ask you, Jake, could either of... Hull City or Sheffield Wednesday, or let's talk Preston at initially, or carry on where we're from, because you've had a bet, I believe, haven't you, uh, which we've talked about in the past about Preston finishing sixth or finishing in the playoffs when they were sat about 17th, 18th in the league. Do you think at this stage that any of those teams, or in particular Preston, can finish sixth? I think I think any of those teams down to Sheffield Wednesday can um... I think you could probably include, you know, you you could get down and, and, you know, a Blackburn fan could make a case for themselves, only 10 points mm. off. But yeah. for Blackburn to get, say, for Stoke, Blackburn, Brentford or Swansea to get in the top six, they need, they not only need to make up those points, they need all of the teams above them to drop a lot of points. And I don't think they're going to better every single one of those teams. So that's why we're not talking about those, even though you can kind of make a mathematical sort of uh, argument for them getting in. But I think Sheffield Wednesday are an interesting one. Uh, I think if they would have won yesterday, we, we'd really be talking them up today. Um, yeah, yeah. But still, avoiding defeat in that game was huge. Um, I think it's, I think it's, it's probably a little bit too much for Steve Bruce, but I think he's laying really good foundations for next year. So I don't, I'm not going to really talk about them too much. Um, Hull, they're just so inconsistent. But the thing that they do, as we like on this podcast, is they win games, and and if they're not gonna, if they're if they're not gonna, you know, if they're not gonna win, they don't mind losing. But that doesn't really matter. Yeah, they, they don't the draw next. many. But no. they've got Nottingham Forest and Norwich away next, which look difficult to me. Uh, and they've also got trips to to Middlesbrough, West Brom, uh, and home game against Sheffield United before the end of the season. So it looks difficult, but they've got goals in them, uh, and I think they've got nothing to lose really. And they've got a manager in Nigel Adkins that's very good at building positivity, and I think that's huge uh, when you get into the run in. Um, 
but yeah, it's it, it and and Preston. I think I just jumped a bit too soon on them. I could see the potential there. I thought the January try, uh, the signings they made are really good, uh, yeah. and they're now starting to build it up. But I think a little bit like um, Shifted Wednesday. I think they're going to be more ones for next season. I think if they'd have they've they've had three home games recently: Derby, Nottingham Forest, and Bristol City. If they'd and they drew all three, you know, if they'd have won two of those, say and lost one, they'd they'd be in a much yeah. better position now. And it's. I think they've they've sort of missed their opportunity. They perhaps needed an, an extra two or three points at this stage to really be. I in, agree. In contention. I agree. So for me, yeah. I think I I think the the big the, the the interesting thing about the playoffs is Derby. Yes, it, they've been on an awful run. Losing to Millwall was, was an awful result. Forest was disappointing because it was a Derby, but that could happen. The the Villa game was looked very bad, but I don't think it's completely you know it's it's not a lost cause. But if you're looking at their next four games. Wigan, Sheffield Wednesday, Stoke, Rotherham, all at home. All at mm. home those matches are. You know, if they can they need to take they need to get some points there. You know, if if, if they go through these four home games and say three wins, I think they're still the ones for me. Um, despite their recent blip. But it's gonna it's I think we're gonna know what Derby are gonna you know, where Derby are sort of gonna finish at the at the end of these these four games, I think they need to get some serious points in now uh, and get their confidence back. Um, yeah, to, to, to answer your first question, I think, I think I'm still thinking Birmingham are, are the ones most likely, um, or Aston Villa. I, I think it's those two. I, think, I really think those two are the ones that are most likely. Um, yeah, we'll I, see on Sunday, yeah. Yeah, we will do. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I think it, that's the big one. Um, just a question for you, though, Louis, to follow up on, on Derby a little bit. Um, mm, yeah. What do you think? Do, do you think that Frank Lampard would be considered a success if they don't if they don't finish in those playoffs. Do you, do you, do you, <sighs> because he's 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 taken his job and he's been talked up a lot at the start of the season. Did very well in some cup competitions. Um, say if they finished seventh, would he be a failure? Because other managers have been at Derby for for that very achievement, and I think it would be a shame to already label him as one. But it, 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 there there are certainly problems at that club. There's something amiss. Yeah, I'm really surprised that Bristol City have not won in three um, and nobody's caught them. And, and that's Derby's failure because they've also lost three in a row now. And to answer your question, I guess, yeah, if they do finish seventh, I know it's only one place off the playoffs, but yes, for me, then he's failed this season because, you know, we talk about Gary Rowett in the past, who's been in a similar position and got sacked. I understand that Lampard's there and like you've talked about what's happening at Sheffield Wednesday with Bruce, Lampard's potentially doing the same at Derby. He's got this season to lay down his foundations, bring in the players he wants, you know, get a team together that is going to play the way he wants. It's just they've been so stop-start inconsistent. So, yes, I do think that if they finish seventh, ultimately, then this season has has been a failure. Yet, if they do finish fifth or sixth, then in many ways you could say it was a success depending on how the playoffs run. But you can only be, you know, only one team can be playoffs, uh, successful in the playoffs and we know that's a lottery. So, if Derby were to get in the playoffs and, and not go up, then for me, Lampard would have still done well. It's just, yeah, I think it is that, borderline and you know it is that tight in this league that one position and Derby have fallen into that position at the minute where it can be determined between success and failure so um, obviously I wouldn't expect 
at all Lampard to be sacked or anything like that. You know, I, I'm expecting him him to be there for the long haul and and definitely next season. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure the board of directors, the chairman, etc. Playoffs was a must this season, and and that's what they brought Lampard in for. I know he's, you know, in his his first job, if you like, in in coaching and management. Um, but at the same time, he's experienced. You know, he's got contacts, and to finish seventh in this league, I think, yeah, it would ultimately be a failure. Do you agree with that? I think so, but it's it. I don't want. I you know, it's a shame that we're having to talk about it like this because you know yeah. he, he, there were positive signs um at the start of the season i think perhaps could have built on that and didn't but yeah it's it's a difficult one um i don't quite agree with you when you say that he's built a team more for next season because there's a lot of young players but harry wilson and, and mason mount they're not going to be there next year well true uh, and alone, they're yeah. they're sort of very short-term additions so it seemed like that that the players were definitely the target but I don't think whatever happens, it's really going to hurt Lampard in the long term. I think, he, I think he's probably one of those coaches that it, it's you know very admirable that he came down to the championship. But he's probably better suited to managing at a higher level, uh, a bit like that we're seeing with Solskjaer now. Where you know he managed yeah, quite a little bit, but I think I think you know if you spend all your you know your your career at the very top of the sport, it it can be difficult to come down even even you know just to the second tier and i think we're seeing that with lampard so i don't think it's going to hurt him in the long term i don't think this this is going to be a failure to see if, you know if he did get sacked i don't think it's out of the question he gets sacked i think that's, that's certainly a possibility um if it continues on this this downwards trajectory at a very quick rate i think that could happen but i think he you know he'd, he'd learn a lot from it he'd probably come back in but yeah it's it's interesting because for me i I think in the first half of the season they looked like automatic contenders, and I thought that they'd really develop and, and come on in the second half, but it just hasn't happened. No, it hasn't happened. No, I I've honestly think that this season it's that close between six and let's say twelve, thirteenth in this league that the the team that finishes six will probably do so on goal difference. Um, so if I'm going to push you, Jake, as to pick a team that is going to finish six, who are you going to go for? Oh. A difficult one. I, I'm gonna. It is. I'm gonna go Aston Villa. Yeah, I can see why you said that. But you know what? I'm gonna actually stick with Bristol City. And the reason I do so is because they're on this fine run of form. They're having a blip at the minute. And like I've just I said previously, I, I'm just so surprised that they've had a blip of only picking up one point out of nine, and there's still three points clear to Derby. Um, so for that reason, I think. They're probably having a blip at the right time, and then they may see them win five of the you know remaining eleven games, and, and that might just just like I say, see them through. And based on goal difference uh, out of the bunch, Bristol City are on currently plus eight, as are Birmingham, uh, Forest on plus seven, Villa on plus eight. Everyone else hasn't got in particular a great goal difference. Uh, Hull City only on plus two. We talked about Sheffield Wednesday minus seven. That's their downfall. I think Hull City, Sheffield Wednesday, Preston, um, Forest, I think they'll just run out of games and therefore points, and that's what's not going to see them fall into six. Uh, but if you're going to say uh, Aston Villa... And, and, and I say Aston Villa, not because... You know, I don't have a clue he's going to finish in that sixth spot. It really could be any of those teams. But I say yeah. Villa purely because they. you look at that front six that, that played at the weekend. You've got 
Adoma and El Ghazi, both two very good wide players. You've got Tammy Abraham, who is the best striker, the the best goal scorer in this division. I don't think that can yeah. be argued. Jack Grealish, one of the most talented players in this division. I wouldn't say the most talented, because I think he's a little bit overhyped because he's English, but he's certainly one of the better players in this division. Um, yeah, definitely. Glenn Whelan, a very you know proven Premier League player, very good at, he adds a little bit of defenses, defensive quality to that midfield. And, and I think they've just, you know, that's, a 4-0 win against a team above them at this stage of the season, it, it's a result that could really kick them on. And and, and I've forever said that, that, you know, they're always drawing, they're not winning games, they can only mm. get switching. And it's only one win, admittedly. But I just, there's been this potential about them for a long time, and I think that could be the thing that kickstarts it. And I don't think any team in this division will want to play Aston Villa now, uh, even, even those at the very top. And looking at their fixtures, I think they've got Norwich and Leeds left to play. Neither of those teams will want to play Aston Villa. No, you're right. And I'm going to look forward to your prediction for Sunday in this one. Like I say, it's it's the big derby. So we'll wait to see what you say. So we've talked about the playoffs and we've talked about the top half. But let's go straight to the top. And I want to ask you now, uh, Jake, at this stage, do you think Sheffield United have enough quality to finish top of the league. I'm not talking second. I'm not talking in the playoffs. I'm actually talking top. They're currently four points off Norwich, uh, but they remain unbeaten in a long while now. Keep picking up points, winning games. Uh, Do you think they can finish first this season? No, I don't. And I don't know why I say that, but I just think we've seen in in the last few weeks, Norwich, I think, taking their game to a new level I think they're the ones that look for me like the the favorites even though they are sat tough but I think they they just look very good yeah um, and I just it's, I think it's difficult not to see them winning it they've got so much quality and just look at their next three games they've got Swansea and Hull at home I think Hull are a much easier proposition if you're playing them at, at your own stadium than Rotherham as well that's three games they could I, I would be surprised if they didn't take nine points out of those and once they've got to that, I mean, it's difficult to catch them. Uh, a way trip to Middlesbrough could perhaps slip up there. QPR and Reading after that at home. Yeah, they're, they're, they're Norwich are going to quite easily win this league, I think. I just just think the fixtures are falling kindly for them. Um, and I don't know what it is about Sheffield United. I think they're just, they remind me a, a lot of Brighton in that year before they went up. I think that's the best okay. comparison I could say because... I think they've got a lot of quality. They look like a very, you know, the best they have done for a long time. I think this is the best Sheffield United team we've seen for a very long time. Um, but I just think that they, they're one step away from it. Uh, and I don't know what that missing piece is yet. Um, you know, the four clean sheets in, in their last four matches, that's a really good record. Uh, and it's something that normally, you know, you win championships off the back of a good defence. Something that Norwich still don't really have. Uh, conceding twice against Bristol City, conceding against Millwall, conceding against Preston, uh, three against Preston. Uh, yeah, they still don't really have that defence where Sheffield United do have it. Uh, coming uh, fixtures coming up: Rotherham at Brentford at home. I'd expect them to win both of those. Yeah, Leeds away after that. And that's that's a huge one. They need to go there and get a win. Uh, following that, up, Bristol City at home, Preston away, Birmingham away. Just tougher fixtures. They've just got tougher fixtures, and, and they, they've got four points to make up. They're not going to finish top, and. I, Got a chance to get second, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to finish up. I think Norwich, the, the fixtures are falling, falling too kindly and they're, they're in too good a form to, to, to lose top sport at this stage, I think. Yeah, you know what? I've got to agree with you. And it's strange because 
I don't know why either. I can't really put my finger on it because Sheffield United just keep proving me wrong every week. They're one of the teams that I have always said all season, they'll slowly drop off, they'll slowly drop off. They're still sat in third. They've still got an opportunity to finish top or come second, you know, automatics. Um, But there's something, yeah, as well that I can't put my finger on. And yes, like you said, the four clean sheets in four games, uh, second in the form table behind Norwich. Um, So... One half of me thinks, is it is it me what's wrong? Can Sheffield United finish top? You know, like I say, they, they keep week after week proving a lot of people wrong because I think it's on paper you wouldn't look at individual players and 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 think. I, I think that's, that's you know, exactly the, what it is. It's the individual yeah. that you look at Norwich and you go, oh, you got you got you got Pukki, you've got Vrancic, you've got Stephen, yeah. you've got. Uh, Hernandez, you've got, you know, you've got all those players in that team, and you look at you look at Sheffield United, and if you say, if you if you just say the average person uh, who doesn't really follow the championship that closely that knows about football, if you say Sheffield United, it's Billy Sharp, and that's about it. That, that I think I think it's yeah. the one name that jumps to mind. I think and, and us as a, who have a little bit more interest in and knowledge about Sheffield United, I know that Kira Dow is a very good player. Norwood's yeah. had an exceptional season. Um, Stevens, the left back, I think is a very, very good player. Um, and you've got Medine, McGoldrick, um, Hogan. Hogan, yeah. Uh, that, that's Paul the Coote. other thing we should, They've got that, a lot yeah, of that's... good, but I just don't think that is, I don't think they're championship winner quality. I don't think any of those players are. Not even Billy Sharp, I don't think is a, is a championship winner. Uh, and I, I think they've done very well to get to, to where they have, but I just think they're just one step one you know one step behind Norwich and Leeds uh, mm. in terms of quality for me yeah I, I think that's what it is I think like you say I mean Norwood's fantastic you know Billy Sharp's been great this year and he has been at Sheffield United for a long time but I think you know you've got to also praise Sheffield United because Wilder does get his team collectively working as a unit and 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 he's doing a great job, obviously, sat in third. And they've also recruited really well. Like, you've obviously mentioned Hogan and Medine. That's something that they were missing. And, you know, I know... Dowell as well. The, I think it's a very good player. Yeah, exactly. And I think, but like you say, you look at Norwich, you've just got those on paper, bit more quality, like your Pukis, etc., your Vrancic, and, and Leeds United as well, like your Bamfords and your Hernandez and your Janssen at centre-back. I think... That's it's just that's the difference. I think Sheffield United are missing about fifteen million pounds spent across the pitch, if that makes sense. Um, and that's not knocking them because I think they're doing absolutely fantastic for, like I say, that the players that they have got, uh, you know, that have cost barely anything. Most of the players in the team, um, and and like I say, they've, they've recruited really well. You've only got to look at the goalkeeper Henderson as well, who's on loan from Manchester United, who's, for me, been one of the best goalkeepers in the league as well. So, yes, I, I'm with you on this, Jake. I think that, the yes, they will probably finish third. Um, whether they go up via the playoffs, that's another question. But I think there's still, like I say, a couple of real quality players um, missing f- from that team. Like, if you were to take, let's say, Puki out of Norwich's team and put it in Sheffield United and let's say Janssen at Leeds and put it in Sheffield United's team, then for me, Sheffield United could probably come top. But I think that is the difference, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so too. Great. We agree on something. So let's go into previews and predictions. Uh, This Saturday, 
In fact, some huge fixtures. I know I say that most weeks, but uh, the first fixture we're going to cover is Bristol City versus Leeds United. What's your prediction for that one, Jake? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult one. Um, as they always are at this stage of the podcast. <laughs> After yeah. we just talk up and talk down certain clubs, you get certain things in your mind. But we saw them haven't gone big on Leeds this week, which is which is unusual for us. But they were very good against West Brom. But I think we did sort of touch on it last last week in this sort of part of the show we did say West Brom you know the comments from Darren Moore were very worrying about you know mm-hmm. how he said they'd gone as far as they could go and they were they were right they proved yeah <laughs> I mean it they did but it, I they I think they're the sort of negative comments that, that lead need. to lead yeah they lead to results like that and I'm, I think it was yeah. more about West Brom being abject uh, and just not up for it than it was about Leeds being very good. And I think any team that go up against Leeds with Bielsa with Manji, if, if you're not fully at it, they will dismantle you. Yeah, uh, you're right. But uh, on the other hand, if you approach it well and you get a good game plan, they're beatable, this Leeds team. Uh, and I think Bristol City, uh, just got the players and, and the way they play to frustrate Leeds and, and to take those counter-attacking chances when they come. Mm. So I think... I th- yeah, I think, and the fact it's at, at Bristol as well, I think makes it, it gives them a big advantage because they're a lot better at home than they are away. So I, I think I'm going to go for a Bristol City win here. I'm going to go 2-1 Bristol City. Yeah, it's quite a surprise you say that, actually, with obviously looking at the league standards. But on the same time, I'm going to predict that it's going to be a draw. And like you've mentioned, with Bristol City being at home, I know that, the one of them teams, Bristol City, like you can also look at like your Brentfords also. The, the one of them teams, what you're quite confident when they're at home that they can beat anyone. So in this fixture, like you said, I'm I'm not surprised at the same time that you've predicted a Bristol City win, even though Leeds United ran right against uh, West Brom. Uh, but I'm going to predict two two. I think it's going to have plenty of goals, and this is a fixture that may need to kick-start Bristol City in picking up points again, basically. Um, and yes, I'm only predicting a draw, but against a team that's second in the league, that might give them a, a bit of confidence. And like I said earlier on, I'm, I'm going to say that Bristol City finished sixth in the league and and that they'll come out of the slump that they're currently on, it, albeit it's only a few games. So I'm, I'm going to go with a, a score draw in that one. The, the next game, Jake... Um, both playoff contenders, if you like, as well. Saturday, three, three o'clock kickoff again. Uh, Nottingham Forest versus Hull City. What's your preview for that? Yeah, the Nor- Nottingham Forest are a very weird team. I don't think I liked the appointment of Martin O'Neill when it happened, but I think he's got a few decent results. But every time they do get a, a win, you know, they follow up with a, with a draw or a loss, and it's they're not building up that momentum that you have to build up. Yeah. Um, and I think to lose against Stoke this year is just not great. Um to, any team because they, they've been awful we, the fact we barely talk about Stoke in this podcast is is, is, is amazing really considering how heavy favourites they were at the start of, the start of the season uh, I had them to finish automatic with yeah I had them to finish so. top so yeah, yeah. it surprised everybody but we just don't really talk about them I forget they're in this division sometimes but um, yeah to lose that is, is quite disappointing uh, especially after you just beat your local rivals that could really push them on Hull are a team we like Jared Bowen, Grisicki, yeah. um, Fraser Campbell, a lot of good players on that team. I'm, but I just don't really like them away from home. You know, they went away uh, against Derby, lost there a few weeks ago, went away to Brentford and got absolutely battered there. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go for a, a one-all draw. 
Okay. I don't really like either of these teams in this game, so for that fact, I'm going to go for a draw. Well, you've picked out the reason already why I'm going to go for a Forest win. Uh, so I've predicted 2-0, and the reason is because I think Hull City aren't great on the road. Um, if it was the you know, role reverse, if, if I was predicting the fixture if Hull was at home, I'd, I'd probably go 2-0 to Hull. But with it being at Forest, and like I say, Hull have had some, you know, they've been demolished in a couple of games recently on the road. So I'm going to go 2-0 to Forest in this one. Uh, The next game is the big clash, which we've kind of touched on throughout the show, uh, which is on Sunday, 12 o'clock. No surprise there, as usual. But it's Birmingham at home against Aston Villa. What's your prediction for this? I think this is going to be a really, really good game. Um, There's definitely going to be goals now. I think there's a chance for a red card as well. We normally get those in this in these games. Um, yeah, Birmingham are a very a very good team. Uh, they go amongst them very well there uh, in in sort of difficult circumstances of all the uncertainty about transfer bans and and things like that and mismanagement of finances that happened before he got there. Um, you could say that yeah, the, the squad that there's been a lot of money spent on on the players that are there, but it's still difficult to manage in these in these you know in this atmosphere. And he's done well. Che Adams, I think, is a very good player. Uh, surprised me last week they went and lost against Hull. Um, thought Hull was sort of on a downwards curve, but the, that didn't happen. Uh, I don't think it really matters where the game is played. I don't think home advantage is that much, really, in a derby game. Mm. I think they're very much one-off games. Um, and Villa coming off that 4-0 win uh, could go to one of two ways. Either that it's given them too much confidence and too much uh, momentum that they just go into this completely, you know, flying into tackles and, and getting an early red card. I could see that happening. Or they could go in and, and play Birmingham off the park. And, and the fact that I've predicted Aston Villa is the most likely to get playoffs, and I said the winner of this game could get playoffs, I think I'm going to go for a Villa win. Yeah. Uh, but the last time we went so big on a team, it was West Brom, and they've gone down very much <laughs> after this. So I'm probably giving you the kiss of death, uh, Aston Villa. But yeah, I'm going to go for a Villa win. I'm going to say... 3 2. I want to say there's going to be a lot of goals this one, but I'll oh, say 3 that many 2. Goals. Yeah, I'm going okay. to go 3 2. Yeah, I think there'll be goals, but I'm not going to predict that many. I'm going to predict three. So I'm going to go for the same reasons as you, pretty much. Uh, a Villa win, and I'm going to say 2-1. And that is basically me just predicting it on form. I think Villa's 4-0 win over Derby will be a huge confidence booster going into this game. Um, obviously, Birmingham lost their last game. But anything can happen in this fixture, like you say, sending off penalties. I think just that bit more quality that Villa have probably got in midfield here will probably just see them through. So, yeah, I'm going to predict a 2-1 to Aston Villa. Uh, But unfortunately, Jake, with that, we are out of time. If you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter, at Jake Chapman with two ends. You can get the Premier League podcast on the same channel that I sometimes appear on. And you get my writings on the EPL Index. Thank you, Jake, for that. Uh, And I've been your host at Lewis Shackshaft on Twitter. Remember to follow the show also on Twitter, which is at Championship Pod, where we post each show to our pin tweet. Uh, Please subscribe to the show, uh, like and retweet. Please, you know, send us some comments or tweets if you like regarding the show or any questions. Uh, We want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 